0: Welcome to the Auto-ish Podcast with Mike and Pete. Hey, Mike, how's it going?
1: It's going great, man. I'm uh, I'm at our old studio. You're at home nice. in the office, but due to COVID-19, we're still uh, keeping our social distance.
0: Yes, we are. You're holding it down in the office, and it, and it looks great. Sound quality is sounding awesome. So, Well, uh, that's,
1: that's the idea. My office at home <laughs> is almost useless, I think, when I listen to the last two episodes. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can use my office anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I have, um, I have, foam padding in front of the the mic here, and then I have a a, a fuzzy sweatshirt on the other side. Um, oh, so, nice! Yeah, so sounds professional. <laughs> I have a buddy who actually recorded his audio book a hundred percent in his closet.
1: You know, that's probably a really good place with with the clothes, yeah. and yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. very silent
0: the uh the it was uh penguin random house was the publisher and they responded back like well what studio did you go to they, this sounds great we'll refer them for other artists in your area and he's <laughs> like yeah it was my closet <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah so you know you, you do what you got to do to make it work uh for sure but um so uh, i hope everyone uh, in your family is is doing well with everything going on uh out there and yeah so uh, far great man um yeah nobody in my
1: immediate circle or you know in my immediate uh, family whatsoever um affected yet yeah um you know a few friends of friends but yeah um you know nobody directly thank god and hopefully same for you
0: yeah, exactly the same situation, and uh, everyone that that I know that has ended up testing positive has had mild symptoms, so uh, that's definitely a good thing. And uh, just kind of, you know, keeping in touch, lots of FaceTime, lots of Zoom meetings, lots of Skype, and uh, so it's, it's good stuff. But uh, yeah, for, same uh,
1: here. I I don't think I've ever been on a Zoom meeting before all this. I've been on. <laughs> yeah, seems like I'm on at least one or two every day.
0: Yep, yep. And you got to go through the same. Uh, Thing probably every meeting, right? Everyone talks over each other. Everyone asks, "How do I get grid view?" Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, we're also the IT department for our family members who are a little on the older side. So, how do I get to the link? And what do I do now? And how do I get my mic to work? And you know, like uh, where? Yeah, especially like the
1: uh, some of the dealers that that will come on i'm part of a 20 group and uh some of the dealers will be in their car so they they get on on the phone (laughs) they're using the bluetooth the sound's coming through the speaker and it goes back in so the echoes you know the the reverb is horrible (laughs) and everybody's like turn down your (laughs) your radio
0: Oh, oh, oh my god uh yeah these are these are the things that we're dealing with now so uh it's um it's a new world. It's a new world, at least temporarily, anyway. Um, looking forward to kind of getting back to our in-person sessions and um, getting some good recording time in. And, and for today's episode, we're going to keep it uh, light and we're going to keep it fresh. And we're going to talk about the Pontiac Aztec. Oh, um, yes. Where to begin, is the question.
1: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, where do you begin? It, this, this car is probably on every single list ever printed or Mm -hmm. written about the worst car ever made, the worst car ever built, the ugliest car ever made. Um, So it's a little cliche almost to to talk about the Aztec (laughs) in this because it's, it's such an easy target. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar to the PT Cruiser, it's an easy target. Um, But for me, um, I think it belongs on the ugliest car list first. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is an ugly vehicle. Yes. And the designers really just, I'm sure when they were done, they had to wonder what the hell they were thinking. But, um, (laughs) but, you know, as far as the worst car ever made, I don't know if it, if it really is in terms of um, production quality. I don't think Mm. that it was a, a terrible car from a reliability standpoint. I mean, I don't have those stats in front of me, but it was built on, the the gm platform for a lot of their um their vans their minivans that kind of stuff i do believe so it was probably a tried and true platform or chassis it was just ugly as hell
0: yeah uh maybe a car that was you know a decade before its time in in some ways right if you were going to invent you know without any preconceived notions of what's currently on the road but if you were going to invent a car that was going to be in between a minivan and a jeep that's really what they were going for you'd probably end up with a pretty ugly car if, if you really didn't think about you know what what we currently see on the roads you'd probably end up with something very close to the aztec you have that front nose that's very similar to those you know late 90s jeeps i mean i'm sorry, vans. Um, and then it gets weird as you kind of go to the back
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's it's very weird, and I don't care what angle you look at this thing from a from an aesthetic standpoint. the thing is just horrible to look at, um, Yeah. and uh you know i I'm now on the Wikipedia page, which is i'm I'm <laughs> cheating a little bit, but yep. um but uh you know the first thing that comes up is this picture of the gray Aztec, and I'm just like, oh my, it just reminds me all over again of just how ugly this thing was." Yeah, but I, I love how um, when it was originally marketed here on Wikipedia, it says it was the sport recreational vehicle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, we're, oh. we, we created the, our own class for this beauty, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's one of a kind for sure. With that, um, that nose in the front, I can't get over right because it does have that like sloping front that you would see in a minivan, but then this. Four hole grill, kind of looks like a catfish. That high uh, light up on top. It, yeah,
1: see I, what I see is like an alien, man. I, yeah, I, I see this thing. Yeah, it, it's like looking at you. It's a little angry, but not in a <laughs> cool way. It's it's not like angry like sports car angry. It's just yeah, it's just ugly, man. Yeah, it's got multiple head- eyes and yeah, it, it's
0: got like I don't know. It, it's, yeah. It, it, the headlights are weird. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's an odd one. Um, there were some quirky things too uh, as you kind of get into some of the the tech on the car, or, or, and or and you get under the hood. Um, interestingly, if you wanted to change the battery on your own, there's a bar that goes over the top, so you have to actually remove the bar to get to the battery. It's not just a simple pull out and, and replace situation. You got you gotta. Um, actually remove this, this safety bar over the top. Uh, you know, little little things like that kind of makes it a, a quirky car.
1: Yeah, not totally uncommon to have some kind of a tie-down on a battery, um, mm. but, uh, you know, what you're referring to could be something out of the norm. I, I'm not really that familiar with that car but um, with regards to how the battery's in there. But um, what I do find really interesting from some of the, the stuff I've, I was just reading, the tailgate was a split tailgate, so it's a two-piece tailgate, which yeah. which we have in the X5. BMW's had that in the X5 from the beginning, yeah. um, and basically it gives you a tailgate like a pickup truck that the bottom half folds down, so you can put stuff on it, and it's easier to load things onto it. Mm-hmm. The Aztec apparently had two impression, you know, spots where you would sit. It's like a seat molded into it with huh. cup holders, so you could hang out in the back like you were tailgating. Um, Which I think is kind of interesting, and and apparently they had uh, volume controls for the radio in the back, so you could be sitting back there with (laughs) control of the radio. Your cup holders are there. And, you know, the center console popped out, and it was actually a cooler, (laughs) which I think is cool as hell. I mean, (laughs) they thought about some really cool stuff with this thing.
0: Well, see, right, like, it's an outdoor car, but now, am I correct in saying it's two-wheel drive? I believe it's... A two-wheel drive vehicle.
1: Ooh, that's... I'm not certain. I thought there was an all-wheel drive version
0: of it. Maybe um, as an option, but I believe as a base model, it's a two-wheel drive.
1: Uh, that's probably right, because I think the, the minivans that they used, those chassis back then, were front-wheel drive cars.
0: Yeah, it's, and so it's got this... Um, it comes with a tent and a blow-up mattress.
1: Oh, yeah, that was the camping option. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that <laughs> I remember the the uh, the ads back then showing the tent as well, which I, I mean, that that's got to be the most unbelievable part of the whole thing. That is I mean, odd. It, that's yeah. got to be the part. And I think I might have mentioned this in our very first episode on Auto-ish. I would have loved to have been in the boardroom when <laughs> this thing is pitched and everybody's yeah. like, yeah. And then the guy comes out and says, oh, and wait, look, we, we made a tent option.
0: yeah yeah and they green light it they're like yeah go ahead yeah (laughs) camping could a car with these kinds of quirky options be even made today do you think anyone would jump out on the limb and do that kind of
1: no no i i I don't think a manufacturer today could could pull this off Mm -hmm. um you know they they've got to cater to the to the stockholders the the car's got to sell you know um and looking at this Apparently, e- even Pontiac back then, th- they had originally hoped to sell seventy-five thousand of these per year, which is ludicrous. I mean, to th- even mm. think that that many people would buy this thing, but they really thought they were onto something special. And it mm. wouldn't be the first auto manufacturer to to completely miss the mark in terms of what their projections are. Right. But <laughs> yeah. I I think it said, and uh, and I'm looking for it now. I think it said here that they had to sell 40000 a year to break even Ooh. from their, uh, you know, from their cost of production and their, their R&D. And their best selling year was the second year with 27,000 units. So not only was it an ugly car, but it was a loser. I mean, they lost yeah. money to even make this. So, you know, let's go back to the boardroom. I mean, yeah. <laughs> those guys made a huge decision on this car. That probably cost the, the the brand everything because Pontiac's gone. Yeah, I mean they're a, a failed um, brand or mark for GM, and and they're yeah. gone.
0: Yeah. How? <laughs> how? How did the dealers? Now that would be an interesting question. How did the dealers handle that? Right. You know, we think about now, you think about the marketing for vehicles, right? The email blast. And, okay, here's our leader. We know that these cars sell. We have a good program on it. Well, I mean, how did they handle a car like this? I mean, the, the buyer was so specific.
1: Yeah, well, you know, from a dealership perspective, I can only speak to BMW. But, um, you know, when the when the manufacturer comes out with a new car, you drink the Kool-Aid. Right. you really do I mean and there's there's times where I've been to these ride and drives that's what BMW calls and they launch a new car and they, they bring the dealers out and we drive the cars we drive them on the track and we get all excited about them and, and you know it's really hard being a car guy not to drink the Kool-Aid and I, and I come mm-hmm. back to the store after these launches and tell everybody how awesome the car is and wait until you see this thing we're going to sell you know thousands of these or you know they're unbelievable and then the car comes out and it flops which you know, happens even with BMW. <laughs> um, right. you know, it's sometimes they miss the mark with, uh, with the public or, you know, here in the U.S., uh, I mean, American consumers have never really warmed up to station wagons. Um, Audi's mm-hmm. kind of held that market in the luxury segment and BMW has never been able to, to make its mark there. But in Germany, they saw it crazy. I mean, the, um, the hatchbacks and the, the wagons over there are very popular and, and, you know, for the most part, they don't understand why we don't warm up to them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I'll go to these ride and drives and I'll be like, Oh wow. You, you know, this thing's amazing. And, and they tell you all the cool tech and all that stuff. And I come back and then, then it flops and you're like, gee, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they were wrong. (laughs) And I, and I bought into it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking up now to see if there's any, you know, interesting uh, newspaper ads from around that time. And, uh, So far, everything that I'm seeing skips over that car completely. You see it in the pictures, but there's no price point on it or anything. It's just, yeah, we got it if you want it. Uh, It's here. Uh. Yeah, I I do
1: know that they missed the mark in terms of um, their initial pricing point. And I I think they were going for Gen X at the time, and and Gen X wasn't really uh, at a point yet where they could afford – uh, you know, an expensive car and definitely not this oddball, yeah. unique sport recreational vehicle. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, th- that car came out in 2000, I think it was a 2001 uh, model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking pre-9-11 too. So, you know, right. 9-11 happens and, um, you know, th- that car is just in a bad spot like everything else in the world. But Right. Um, and I think what sparked its its best year ever were all the incentives that came out after nine eleven and that, that car got a lot of assistance and rebates which it needed.
0: yeah, I guess there was recall issues as well. like so as soon as the car came out, uh, there was a uh, there was leaking fuel, and many of the vehicles oh that's not caught a good one. On so there was immediate recalls as soon as it launched, uh including airbags. Um, and then there was additional safety features afterwards that were recalled, but like right out of the gate, they were plagued with issues, uh, from there, you know, but the interesting thing, and if we go back to last week's episode and we kind of talk about some of the reviews, if you go on an Edmonds.com, if you're on a cars.com and you do look at some of these reviews, they're generally positive. If you're on cars.com and you're looking at the used reviews, there's no one star reviews for this car Period.
1: Yeah, like I was saying before, I, I don't think that would surprise me too much. I think it was a, a well-known platform for GM. So, yeah. um, you know, it's not like the PT Cruiser, which was a one-off. I mean, they kind of built that car for that crappy idea. But, um, yeah. you know, the Aztec was built on a chassis that existed and, and an engine and drivetrain that existed. So, um, from a reliability standpoint, it's probably a decent car except for yeah. those recalls but um, but overall mechanically it was probably an okay car
0: yeah yeah I mean the reviews are, are, are generally very positive people enjoy driving it people I you know if you were an outdoorsy type this car has some pretty cool stuff like you had mentioned the cooler we have we talked about the tent the mattress that's built in um, it's got something that I generally like in older cars it's got that uh, bigger, uh, third window in the trunk you see that on the jeep cherokee um the original jeep cherokee you see that on the jeep wagoneer um so you get you, you have no blind spot you just check and you could see everything so right I, I, I imagine it has some you know people who like it probably are enthusiasts for it they you know i could this is just me kind of guessing here but i could totally see you know a 20 something hipster going at this car and getting it on cars.com for, for two grand and making it their, you know, their everyday car. I I could totally see that.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it has like a, you know, comeback. Yeah. Like a a crazy secondary market, um, rush Mm -hmm. on, on, you know, maybe the hipsters or some other group finding this is to be a really cool car. And, and and mm-hmm. you know maybe modifying them and making them cooler and you know oh, yeah. i i i wouldn't be surprised it's got a lot of cool stuff going on there that that definitely was ahead of its time i mean having a cooler built into the center console it's pretty cool it's pretty cool
0: you know there was um oh gosh not was it the dodge cobalt had a little like refrigerator system built into the center console so you could fit two like twelve ounce water bottles in the center console, and it would be cooled, chilled.
1: Hmm. From the uh, I, from the AC system. I mean, is it just blowing through there?
0: I, I, I mean, don't that's remember. I not remember when really cash-
1: uncommon, but having having a separate cooling unit, cooling that I think would be unusual. I mean, some cars have that, but you're talking Rolls Royce right. and you know you're some right. of the BMW Seven Series stuff like that, but.
0: Right. You know, yeah, I, I, it I'm was not, Cash for Clunkers, so and, sure, and yes. I went in to look at cars and I saw that. And I was like, that it, it wasn't a cobalt it was like a it was like a crossover and it wasn't on the market for very long i think it only the car only lasted for maybe three or four years um but it had this like little refrigeration system in the center i thought it was the coolest thing so if i was in the market around 2002 at the time of the aztec i would definitely think the cooler was cool i think like the the tent and the camping activities were kind of a, a quirky thing and you know it These cars that were a little bit oddball from a certain period, it's kind of interesting um, how they do kind of have this like cult enthusiast piece to it. I have a buddy in Seattle who has a uh, Saturn view and he works um, at a company where (laughs) him and like three other guys all have Saturn views and they literally park together. Their own little clique. Wow you know? that
1: that that one definitely is a surprise to me. I I can't imagine that car being anyone's favorite, but, um, <laughs> you know I never owned one, so I.
0: Right, I I I, I couldn't imagine it that. either. But he, he's he's really into it, and so are his friends. I'm gonna have to um, look that
1: yeah. one up later and just see who in the world finds that car cool, but or yeah, why, I, if anybody can right. tell me.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, um. We should um we should get into your project one of these days to talk about the X1 that you had done some modifications on.
1: Oh yeah, um yeah, a little more than some modifications, but yeah, we can certainly talk about that car.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should definitely get into that. Um maybe we'll save we'll tease that one for the next episode, but I I would love to talk about that and then uh the um street racing uh, event that you went to.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a cannonball event, that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was, uh, that was crazy. I actually have some video of that, <laughs> so I may, uh, have oh. to put that up on a website or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Be and, awesome. and just so everyone knows, I wasn't racing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And
1: if I was, I was yes. in Mexico.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, well, what else do we want to cover about this car? Did we miss any any details?
1: I think we pretty much covered um, most of what that car is. I mean, it, like I said at the very beginning, I think it's just the ugliest car ever made. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it fits yeah. in the category of worst car ever made. I think, you know, um, the Cadillac Cimarron definitely belongs on the list. The PT Cruiser belongs on the list. There's lots of other cars, and if we if we leave the American car manufacturers alone, we can look at fun things like the Renault, um, mm. Fuego. I mean, that's a that's a beauty right, right there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. We we should do it. Um, all right, so we'll we'll leave on this note. I'll give you a, I'll give you this. It's a 2005 Pontiac Aztec STD. That's not a great. <laughs> Um, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> that's,
1: does that that's I'm gonna assume that that's the standard model, so it does not have the camping package.
0: <laughs> I, I would assume that's correct. Um, with 85,000 miles on it, you want to give it a price point? You want to give it an estimate? Sure. What year was it again? Uh, 2005. 2005, 86,000 miles? Yep,
1: 2650.
0: Ooh, this one's a bargain then. It's uh two thousand. <laughs> oh damn. Two thousand. All yeah. right. See so I I was swayed a little
1: bit by the possible you know, remarketing resurgence of the Aztecs. So I yeah. thought maybe maybe somebody was hot for the car. I don't know. Yeah, two yeah, thousand's probably
0: realistic. Yeah, as I'm looking at a picture of this. That's, that does sound car. like low mileage though. I mean the car's fifteen years old. Yeah, that's decent on the on the miles. As I'm looking at this specific car, I'm noticing the ga- It doesn't have a lid on the gas can on the gas cap. It's just exposed. Let me look at another one. Yeah, yeah that's weird.
1: I can't speak to that. Just, Is it just missing? It,
0: it, no, it's it. I guess when it comes standard, it doesn't have a uh, a, <laughs> a lid on the gas cap. You know what we, (laughs) what we
1: really need to do for a future episode, we need to find a cheap Aztec, buy it and drive it around and then we'll do a review. That's awesome. (laughs) Or actually, you know what? We should see if we can get one on uh, Turo.
0: Oh yeah. That's a good idea.
1: It would do like a daily rental when this COVID craps over and we'll Ah, we'll do like a a one day rental for me and a one day rental for you and we'll drive it around. And then we'll do we'll do an episode. And you know, it what would be really funny is that at the end if we both went and bought one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we loved it so much that we became enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. I have to have one. Yeah. Yeah. I i need this. Uh I, it's all about the tent. I gotta yeah, get back. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to search out
1: one with a camping package. <laughs> that's gonna be a must.
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, that's good. Um well, on that note, uh, we'll wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Auto-ish podcast. Yeah, uh, thanks, everybody.
1: Pete. Yeah, don't forget uh, to listen to Audio-ish as well, our uh, yeah. spin-off podcast specifically talking about audio file gear
0: and, um, you know, sound, music, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, subscribe, drop a comment, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you back here next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.